All right. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Good to see you today. Welcome, everyone joining us on uh, on Facebook and YouTube and wherever else. We're so glad you're with us today. Hey, we've been studying actually many months ago. We began a uh, uh, a series on Jesus's healing crusades and uh, we spent months on that. And then after that, we picked up in the book of Acts showing that the healings of the Lord didn't stop with Jesus. They go right on through his church, you know, and we've been the last many weeks. We've been going over that uh, from the book of Acts, seeing that that the healing power of God was still in operation in the book of Acts. And and of course, nobody really argues with that at all. You can read it right in the Bible. But you also see that after the book of Acts, after the last apostle of Jesus died, you know, uh, he, you know, I'm t- when I say apostle of Jesus, the, the 11, that, that, there was 12, but Judas was a traitor. So the 11 original apostles, after they all died, the healing power of God still went on. Because Jesus said, these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons and so on. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And so you really see the healing power of God, not just... In, in what's known as the apostolic age, right after Jesus was raised from the dead. But you see the healing power of God going right on down through the last 2,000 years of church history and uh, right up right up to the present hour. And, uh, and, and we've seen many people heal here at Summit Church, as I've said many times over the last, last uh, uh, two decades. And, uh, and, and he's still just as much a healer today as he's ever been. Now, last week, we... Uh, we uh, we finished up Philip in the city of Samaria, and uh, I think that was very interesting. But now let's pick up in Acts the ninth chapter. Acts the ninth chapter. If you missed out on what we said about Philip last week, you can go to our archives and get that. I think it was very, very good. Some of the things that that the Holy Ghost showed us last week from the Word of God. Now let's go to Acts the ninth chapter and just continue with this. And notice here in verse 32, now it came to pass as Peter went through all, now it came to pass as Peter went through all parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas, I guess that's how you say that, Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. He was bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. Now all I can imagine is that some, some sickness fell upon him and it, 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 it paralyzed him and he was bedridden. And that's a terrible thing. That's a terrible thing. Can you imagine? I mean, I know what it's like to be out running and exercising every day. And, and I was doing that. I, I, I ran almost every day for, uh, uh, for over two years, about six miles every day, I'd miss once in a once in a while, but almost never. And uh, and then I, I pulled a muscle in a certain part of my body, and now for the last last couple of months, I haven't been able to run. I'm just about all healed up. Praise God, going to get back to it. But I know what what it's like when you're active, you know, and then all of a sudden you can't you can't do what you're uh, what you're used to doing. That's no fun. That's no fun. Have you ever run into that in your life where you're just going right along and then and then something happens? You you know, you you you, you pull something or whatever and then you you, you just can't hardly go go for a while until it heals up. And uh, but think about this. Think about you're going right along. I can only assume this guy was probably a 
probably in midlife, I guess. I, I, don't, I don't see where he was an old man or a young man. We don't know for sure. But just imagine, put yourself, see, you got to put yourself in the shoes of these people in the Bible. And uh, he's going right along. And all of a sudden now, it didn't say he was bedridden from birth. It said he was bedridden for eight years. So just think about, you know, I, I, I don't like it when I can't run for, you know, a, for a month or so. Just think if I had to be in the bed for eight years and couldn't get out of the bed. Just think about that. Just think about that. Bad stuff. But notice he's paralyzed, and, but, but Peter's there. And, uh, but more importantly, the power of God is there. In verse 34, and Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ. Now, you know what the Christ means, the anointed one, how God anointed. See, there's that anointing, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now, this peril, this paralyzing was of the devil. It was, it was a, a bad thing that hit Aeneas. And, but Jesus the Christ, uh, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, uh, uh, this same anointing that was on Jesus now is here through the apostle Peter to heal this guy. And he says, Jesus the Christ heals you, arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. Boy, that excites me. He arose immediately. But notice it said he arose. Now, uh, when, when a man of God stands there under the power of God and tells you to do something that you can't otherwise do, you need to make every effort by faith to do it. I know I've already been in healing lines over the years. Now, if a man's telling you to do that in and of his own 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 uh, authority, then nothing's going to happen, you know. But if you're, but if you got a man of God that's under uh, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and he tells you or she tells you, a man or a woman of God says, in the name of Jesus, you know, rise, make your bed. You know what you do? You don't lay there and say, I can't. No, 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 no. You do it. I said you do it. Now I know in these healing lines that we've had over the many years, there were a, there were a few occasions. There were a few occasions where I, I under the power of the Spirit of God, the, just through the unction of the Holy Ghost, the Lord would have me tell somebody to do something that they couldn't do, and I would have them again and again argue with me, so to speak. I can't do that. I can't do it. And and they they walked off just as just as sick as when they came up, or just as whatever it was wrong with them. This is you know what I'm saying. No, no results. But I've had I've had others that stood there and said, uh, uh, Pastor, you know, I, 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 I can't do this. But but at your word, at your word, well, it wasn't my word. It was unctioned by the Holy Ghost. They said, at your word, I'll do it. And they started doing something they couldn't do before. Power of God hit them. Glory to God and healed them instantly. That excites me. I remember two different occasions. These were about three years apart. There was a certain lady came in here. Her name was Vivian. Y'all remember Vivian? And she came in here and, and I didn't know because I was in my office praying. I didn't know that it took her about. 
about 10 minutes to get in from the parking lot in here to this, to this, to see her back was out. You know, I've told you the story before, but maybe there's somebody on social media who hasn't heard it. And it took her a long time to get from the parking lot into the building here. And then at the end of the service, that particular day, I called for a healing line. Now, we didn't have healing lines all the time, but as the Lord would direct. And so I remember as I called for the healing line and then people, we'd have wall, wall to wall and back. I mean, there's just, remember those healing lines we used to have. And sometimes I'd go through two or three times praying for the sick. And, uh, but, but I noticed it took her just the longest time to get from about the middle of the room back there up here to the front. She was, she'd been over barely able to walk, you know. And, uh, and so I remember I prayed for her, a general prayer, and then, and then just as I stepped away from her, the Spirit of God directed me and said, have her walk that way. And I said, walk that way. And I, <laughs> it kind of startled her. And so she didn't argue with me. She, and now she didn't, she, and so she just starts off just kind of like Tim Conway. How many remembers Tim Conway on Carol Burnett? Like when he played the old man, you know, she just starts off barely going. And so I went ahead about my business, just praying for the, for the other folks that were in the line. And, uh, and, and the next thing you know, uh, a couple of few minutes later, back over here by the sound booth, it was just an eruption of people praising God. And, and what happened was back over by the sound booth, the power of God hit her and healed her right on the spot. She's running around the building. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Exciting, exciting, exciting. But three years later, three years later, a fella comes up with a same, basically the same situation. And uh, I prayed for him and I had that same uh, uh, unction of the Spirit of God. And I didn't, never, don't get that unction with everybody, but with him I did. And same one that I had with Vivian. I said, I said, walk that way. <laughs> It startled him. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. And so he go. I can't do it. Walking around the room, came up Vivian. She comes back up running. This other fellow. Now he comes up. I can't do it. You know, if you got a woe is me attitude, you're never going to receive anything from the Lord. Amen. Did you hear what I said? And so I don't see where Aeneas here is arguing with Peter. Do you? He said. Uh, he said, arise and make your bed. That's what a healed person ought to do. Get up, make your bed. Is that right? Rise and make your bed. Now watch this. Then he arose immediately. I immediately. I mean, it looks to me like, I mean, he was ready to jump out of that, that, out of that bed. I'd be too, wouldn't you? But the point is he did. I don't see where he argued with Peter. He jumped up. So all, now watch this. Verse 35. So all who dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Now that's exciting right there. See, that's one reason healings and miracles of healing are set, you know, are set there by God. Certainly it's to help people, but it's also to be a witness to draw people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we see here that many turned. It said, uh, it said all, then say many, all who dwelt there saw him and turned to the Lord. So that's exciting. Now in, in chapter 9 here, let's look at verse 36. Acts 9, 36. We just picked up with verse 35. So let's pick up at verse 36. At Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha. Her name is uh, uh, translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds which she did. That's good, isn't it? But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. Now, that's not good, is it? 
When they had washed her, washed her body, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, now Peter was in Lydda where he, where Aeneas had just been healed. And since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was still alive with them. But Peter put them all out. Now I wonder where he learned that from, or who he learned that from. Didn't Jesus put some people out? Remember when Jairus' daughter... Remember when Jesus went over to Jairus' house and the, the little girl was dead? How many remembers that? And, uh, and there was a big tumult. There was a big, you know, you know, a tumult. What a tumult is. They were there, professional mourners, crying and mourning. And, and you know, it, being full of, yeah, feeling grief, feeling grief is just normal and natural. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but I tell you what, these people were, uh, uh, I don't know how to say this and without sounding, sounding, uh, help me, Lord. How would I say this? You don't want to let a spirit of grief get a hold of you. Did you get what I just said? Do you understand what I just said? Nothing wrong with being mournful when someone dies. Nothing wrong with that. But, but when they, when they got over to J. Iris's house, they had, you study into it, they had professional mourners there. And, and I found this over the years that most all the time when you have people that have, have great grief, when I say great grief, tremendous grief about them, you don't find a spirit of faith in that atmosphere. Hardly ever. Do you get what I'm talking about here? And so Jesus put them all out, went in and he took Peter, James and John and went in and raised Jairus' daughter. Is that right? Well, now, Peter learned that from Jesus, and here he puts these people out. Now, who did he put out? Let's look back at verse 39. Uh, widows stood by, let's read verse 39. Then Peter rose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him, weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made. Now, there's nothing wrong with being, you know, sad that someone has died. There's nothing wrong with that. But I tell you what, I will say this. If you're going to get somebody raised from the dead, the, 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 this, this, how do I want to say it? Do you understand there's nothing wrong when somebody dies with being mournful? There's nothing wrong with that. But do you also understand that if you're going to get somebody raised from the dead, you have to have total faith in the atmosphere? And that's why I think he put them all out. We can't have any place for, you just can't have, you can't have that there if you're going to get somebody raised from the dead. Because if you hadn't read on, you're going to see somebody's going to get raised from the dead here. And you need an atmosphere of complete and total faith. Can you say amen to that? Absolutely. And so I believe that's why he put them out. Not that there's anything wrong with missing your friend or being sad. Nothing wrong with that. But, but these people were mourning and, and going on and, 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 and you gotta have complete total faith. You have to have an atmosphere of faith. And that's why he put them out. I'm convinced of it. And notice he puts them out and he knelt down and prayed and turning to the body. Now notice turning to the body. 
You need to remember when somebody's dead, their spirit's not uh, in them. Their spirit has left. Is that right? Their spirit has left. Is that right? Let me say another. Their spirit has left. Is that correct? Okay. It's like when you're driving the car and, and, and you say, should I, should, should I turn left? And the person said, or, or should I turn left? Person said, right. You know, my wife, she's good at that. I say, so should I say, can I go left? She doesn't say right. She says, or she's giving me directions. Has your wife ever given you directions? And you're driving down the road. Now we got that. Now I got two women talking to me when I'm driving in the car. Used to be just my wife with the map, but now we've got that telephone, you know, that GPS. And now I got another woman talking to me that because the woman on GPS, you know what I'm talking about? So I'm double blessed, right? So I said, I'm double blessed. <laughs> Have you ever used that GPS, you know? Have you ever told that woman out there to shut up, you know, you know? Some of you guys have, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But my wife's great. This lady that's on, whoever she is on the, on the phone is good. But, you know, I'll be driving along and I'll say, I'll say to my wife, I say, should I go left? She never says right. She says correct. correct. Okay. So anyway, so anyway, the spirit, he turns to the body because the spirit has left. Is that? Okay, there you go. That's correct. Okay. So the spirit had left. The spirit had left. He turns to the body. Now, somebody said, well, where did her spirit go? Well, she's a believer. Her spirit, no doubt, went to Abraham's bosom. Uh, no, 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 that's not right. Not to Abraham's bosom. Where did people go in the Old Testament? Where did people go in the Old Testament when they died? Believers. Where did believers go in the Old Testament when they died? They went to Abraham's bosom. But after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, now where do believers go? They go up. So this lady had gone up to heaven, no doubt. Did you see, now let me teach you something. Did you see how quick I corrected that? Let me teach you something. I've trained myself over the years. I work with the Holy Spirit. When I'm up here teaching and see I was about to make a mistake, I didn't catch that in my head. I caught that right here. The Spirit of God caught that. I, I, did not, now you can learn some things here. I was just about to say that her spirit went to Abraham's. And did you see? I didn't catch that in my head. The spirit of God caught that for me, that error that I was about to make. Boy, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost, don't we? And he corrected me right there. See, I, I had trouble getting it out. It was the spirit of God. I have a, I have a working agreement with him, you know, when I'm teaching, preaching, studying, particularly preaching and teaching. Now, that doesn't mean I can't miss it. We need to line everything up with the word of God. But he caught me there, do you see? Because her spirit didn't go to Abraham's bosom. Where did her spirit go? Her spirit, because it's this side of the cross, her spirit went up. Is that right? Absolutely the truth. And notice here, and uh, turning to the body, what did he say? He said, Tabitha, arise. See, that was a command of faith. A command of faith. A command. How many of you know it takes faith to raise the dead? It does, doesn't it? I can honestly tell you I've never risen the dead. I've never, and I couldn't raise it. No, you know, no man, woman, boy, or girl, beside the Lord Jesus Christ has ever raised the dead. It's the power of God working through them that has done it. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, you have in his ministry that documentations of people being raised from the dead. Do you know Smith Wigglesworth didn't raise a one of them? It was the power of God working through him that did it. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So we need to be real careful not to get our eyes on people. Keep our eyes on the Spirit of God. 
Peter didn't raise her from the dead. It was the power of God working through him that raised her from the dead. He was just an instrument. Now, we need to show respect for men and women of God, all right, but, but we, we give no uh, glory to a man or a woman, a boy or a girl. All the glory for anything good that's said or done goes to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen? You understand that? But notice here, turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. Wow. Command of faith. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his, then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Now he lets them come back in the room. Uh, and it became known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord. Well, there you see a notable miracle and it draws people to Christ, doesn't it? But I still want to know, see if I'd have been there. I think I'd have done this. I would have wanted to know where did your where did you go during this time that you were dead? I, when do you? How many of you would ask that? I'd want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. I'd ask. I'd, I'd say, where'd you go? Can you tell me? Now I can only imagine that if I was going to speculate, I can only imagine if I was going to speculate, she didn't want to come back. You get a taste of heaven, you don't want to come back here. Take it from me, I'll tell you the honest truth. You get a, just a glimpse of glory, you get a glimpse of heaven, you don't want to come back here no more. I'd almost guarantee it to you because, because the Apostle Paul said, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better than being here. I guarantee it to you, she wouldn't want to come back. Why did she come back then? Because her work on earth wasn't done. Her work on earth wasn't done. And uh, if you study the Bible, you'll actually see, and if you can find one, you let me know. You don't see uh, any old people who have lived out their lives being raised from the dead. People who are raised from the dead are usually younger or midlife, you know, because their work on earth isn't done yet. Someone gets up in years, you know, you don't see in the Bible, I don't find where any elderly people were ever raised from the dead. But her work on earth wasn't done. And he presented her alive. And it stirred everybody up. And I tell you what, those widows that were weeping and mourning, I bet it put a smile on their face. Wouldn't it put a smile on your face if someone that you love died and next thing you know, they're raised from the dead? That'd make me happy, wouldn't it, you? And it, and it was known throughout all Joppa and many believed on the Lord. Let's go to Acts 14 now. Acts 14, skip over to Acts 14, verse 1. Now it happened in Iconium... That they went, uh, that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews. Now this is Paul, this is Paul. Now we're going to switch off Peter and go to Paul and Barnabas here. And, uh, Barnabas was his traveling companion. And it happened at Iconium they, that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews, Acts 14.1. And so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks believed. That's good. And the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. It's sad that you have people like that. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord. I like that, boldly. Who was bearing witness to the word of his grace. See, they were preaching the grace of God. And then granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. 
Now notice here again, it looks to me like you've got the preaching of the gospel preceding the, the, the healing power of God. And there were signs and wonders done by these apostles' hands. In verse 4, but the multitude of the city was divided. Part sided with the Jews, part with the apostles. I don't know about you, I'm going to side with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them. Isn't that sad? When you have the healing power of God, signs and wonders. And now you see, we read all along here how people were getting saved as a result. But it doesn't always cause people to get saved. Some people, it'll turn them just as hard and angry. And we, we saw that in the ministry of Jesus, didn't we? How he'd heal people and, 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 and the religious folks, see, the religious people, or people that, 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 that are, are embalmed with, uh, with uh, religiosity, if you will. Doubt and unbelief and religiosity, they're the ones you have trouble with. And notice, uh, you know, I've never had a sinner cause me any trouble in all these years of ministry, not one. But I tell you what, I sure have had some, some quote-unquote born-again, tongue-talking, spirit-filled Christians cause me some trouble over the years. Sad, isn't it? I said sad, isn't it? I'll tell you the honest truth. There's a lot of rank sinners I'd rather do business with than morning, some, some born-again, spirit-filled Christians. Sad, isn't it? Sad. Anyway, uh, but nonetheless, here you have it. Uh, they're uh, abusing Wanting to abuse the apostles and stone them? Isn't that sad? They're doing the work of God and they're getting persecuted. They became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derby. Now, it's interesting. They became aware of it because, of verse 5, a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them. So what did... Paul and Barnabas do. They became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia and to the surrounding region. Now, why did they flee? Why didn't they just stand up in that boldness and stand up in that power? Well, you need to be led by the Spirit of God, don't you? I don't believe here they fled in fear. I believe they fled because they were smart. You know, Jesus, a lot of times folks would come at him and remember there were some occasions where he just walked through the midst. Is that right? And they didn't harm him. There was one time where the Bible says that he walked no more in a certain area of the Jews because they sought to stone him. Now, does that mean he, that Jesus was afraid that he didn't go over there because he was afraid? No, he didn't go over there because he was smart. See, we got to use our brains. A lot of times people think that Christians are just bulletproof. Well, I tell you what, we're bulletproof if we're in the middle of the will of God, all right. Did you hear what I just said? But we got to be led by the Spirit of God. Now I'm convinced you'll see it here in a moment that there you'll see it here in a moment when Paul was stoned, he was raised from the dead, he got up, dusted himself off and went right back into that place where they stoned him. But here they fled. So you got to you got to pick your yeah, you got to pick your battles. You've got to pick it. No, let's get it right. You let the Holy Ghost pick your battles. Not every hill's worth dying on. Is that right? Is that right? And so you let the Holy Ghost pick your battles. And I tell you what, if you let the Holy Ghost pick your battles, you'll win every last one of them. Glory to God. 
Why? Because you'll be in a position of turning the other cheek and he'll do all the, you're fighting for you. So they fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding region. And they were, but notice this, they continued preaching the gospel. They continued preaching the gospel. But just wanted to show you that you had signs and wonders going on here. But now let's go to Acts, the 14th chapter. Let's notice this. Acts, the 14th chapter. And notice here in verse 8, and in Lystra... Well, I like this. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. Now, it didn't say he was bedridden like Aeneas. This guy here was crippled from his mother's womb and he'd never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Do you see how the preaching of the gospel precedes the, the power of God, right? The, 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 the healing power of God. You know, there's power in preaching. Don't misunderstand me. Great power in preaching. Uh, uh, but I, what I'm trying to make out here, uh, make the point is, is that you got that speaking, you got that verbal ministry comes, comes, you know, typically always before the healing power of God. Remember, they came to hear Jesus and be healed. We talked about that. So they heard Paul speaking. Paul observed. So we got now. Now, what do we have here? We got this man crippled and he's crippled from his mother's womb. He'd never walked in his whole life. This man heard Paul speaking. Now, I can only imagine Paul was not up there telling jokes. He was up there preaching the gospel. He's preaching about the salvation in Jesus Christ. He was teaching about, no doubt, the healing power of God. And this man heard Paul speaking. Now watch this. Paul observing him intently and seeing that this man had faith to be healed. But now this is, this is one of the greatest verses in the Bible. You can learn so much from verse 9 here, Acts 14, 9. Watch this. Now watch this very carefully. This crippled man had faith to be healed, but he's still just as crippled as he ever was. Dear friends, this is one of the greatest verses on faith you'll ever find in all the Bible. He, how does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Paul was teaching the word of God. This man heard the word and he had faith. The Bible says that he had faith to be healed, but he was still just as crippled as he ever was. Why is that? Because if you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. Faith, for it to do you any good, has to be released. And it's released through words and or actions. Words and or actions. Let's just talk about salvation for a moment. You can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ from your heart, but doesn't the Bible say that you have to confess him with your mouth? Is that, is that correct? So how do you, how do you release your faith to be saved? You, you, you do so by confessing Jesus as your Lord. And when you confess him as your Lord, at that moment, you get saved, you see? You, you believe in your heart, all right, but you also, the Bible says in Romans, the 10th chapter, you have to confess Jesus with your mouth. Well, here, this guy, now, we're not talking about salvation here. We're talking about healing. And, and Paul in, uh, uh, preserve, uh, uh, observed him intently and saw that he had faith to be healed. But he's still just as crippled as he ever was. D so can, can a man be crippled laying there with faith to be healed and still be sick? Absolutely the truth. So what needs to happen? His faith has got to be released. Now watch this in verse 10. 
And then Paul said with a loud voice. I, I think loud is, is important there. He, he, he said with a loud voice. Why a loud voice? Because he needs to get this man to release his faith. And he said, stand up straight on your feet. It was a loud voice. It might have been louder than that. And notice when he said that, what happened? This man leaped and he walked. Now he had faith to be healed and still just as crippled as he ever was. But when Paul gave that command of faith and this man then released his faith, the power of God hit this guy and healed him right on the spot. And Now think about it. He had never walked in all. Think about this. He didn't have to learn. A lot of don't babies, you know, have to learn to walk. People have to learn. He didn't even have to learn to walk. He'd never walk. What a miracle this is. The power of God hit him, healed him, and, and he could immediately walk. I think this is outstanding, don't you? Absolutely outstanding. Power of God. He leaped and he walked. Did you get what I just said about having to learn to walk? It's like having to learn to ride a bicycle, you know? You got to learn, right? I can still remember, if you can believe it or not, but I can still remember my grandma. It's in the, it's in the far recesses of my mind. But I remember her picking me up and me going and falling down. I can still say, how can, well, I didn't learn to walk till I was seven years old. No, no, no. I'm, I, I, I'm just teasing. I can still remember her picking me up and had to learn to walk. Think about a miracle. I've never seen that before in my life. What a, it was a miracle that he was healed. But you ever think it was just as big a miracle that he's able to walk without any, any lear, learning of how to walk? I've never seen that before in my life. What a powerful miracle this was. Didn't the Bible say he had never walked? Don't you have to learn to walk? What, what, a, what a powerful thing here this was. This is more powerful than I thought. He leaped and he walked. And when the people saw, now watch this, when the, verse 11, when the people saw what he had done, they raised their voices, now watch this, saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Now watch what they're doing here. Notable miracle, but now they're going to try to make the apostles here, they're going to try to make gods out of them. Dear friends, we have got to learn not to deify humanity. Did you hear me? There's only one human being who is deity and his name is Jesus. Okay? Be watchful about deifying human beings. But notice what these people did here. The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas, they called Zeus. You ever study mythology in high school? They're calling him Zeus. And Paul Hermes. Because he was the chief speaker. They're trying to make these apostles out to be Greek gods, mythological gods. Now watch this. Verse 13, then the priest of Zeus, <laughs> whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. They're going to sacrifice to the apostles, to Paul and Barnabas. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? 
We also, true mark of a man of God here now, of men of God, we also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God. Now that's what a man of God, a woman of God will do when, when a notable miracle takes place. They won't draw any attention to themselves, won't accept any accolade, but turn all the glory to God the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. Now notice here, uh, uh, verse 15 again, men, why are you doing these things? The apostles say, we also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea and all things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. There is such a, a desire of the flesh to want to deify humanity. We've got to be careful. We don't deify anyone except the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't deify a king. We don't deify a president. We don't deify a pastor. Come on now. We don't deify. Don't do it. But I'm warning you, your flesh will want to do that. You've got to keep your flesh under control. Even after all this, verse 18 Paul and Barnabas could, could barely restrain the multitude from sacrificing to him. Verse 19, Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, now watch this, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Now you think about that. He wouldn't accept... He, well, I like Paul. Just think, he could have he set himself up as a god right there in that area, and they, he could have had it made right there. Think about that. Is that, is that right? But he, de he declined that, didn't he? And when he declined that, guess what? They stoned him and killed him. Killed him. Supposing him to be dead. Now there's speculation as to whether or not he died. But look at verse 20. However, uh, actually what I personally think, remember when Paul said, I knew a man in Christ? And then he talks about such a man, whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell, being caught up to the third heaven. You know, that's where the throne of God is. You remember Paul writing about that? I believe, I personally think that this is where that occurred. Supposing him to be dead, I, I, I think that, of course, he didn't ultimately die. But, but I, I do, I personally think that his spirit left his body right here. And I believe that's when he went up. And had that vision, it was, he saw things that he couldn't, he said that are not lawful to speak. Remember that? Now that's just what I think. I could be wrong. But now watch this, verse, so, but he's, a, but looking at it in the natural, he's in a bad shape here now, isn't he? They, 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 they beat the tar out of him. They stoned him. They stoned him. However, when the disciples gathered around him, boy, it's a good it's good to have good believing disciples on hand when you're been stoned and you're left for dead, you know? That's that's a good time to have some good people around, isn't it? 
And uh, they gathered around him. And what do you think they did? I think they prayed, don't you? Now, now these, these weren't apostles that gathered around him. They were disciples. These signs shall follow them that believe, see? Believers. But notice they gathered around him. He, now watch this. If there, was ever a, if there was ever a time to quit, this had been it right here. I'm talking about the Apostle Paul. You know, I hear, I hear I've, I, cause I've done it myself. And I've, I've listened to multitudes of Christians over the years. I've done it myself. I might be at the top of the list, you know. Oh, you know, this happened. Oh, that happened. Oh, this happened. I just think I'm going to, I just think I'm going to give up and quit. I just think I'm going to give up and quit. Now, I've never have give up and quit, you know. I've thought about it a few times, but I never have. And I've heard Christians, oh, I'm just going to give up and quit. Let me ask you, have any of us ever been stoned to death? If there was ever a time to give up and quit, it would have been, this would have been a good run right here. But you know, Paul was full of sap, wasn't he? SAP, if you don't know what that means on social media, go look at my message from Wednesday night. He was full of sap. He was full of the Holy Ghost and power. And, uh, and notice here, they gathered around and he rose up, went into the city. And uh, I like that. He rose up and went into the city. See, remember a while ago when we said that they, they heard that they're, they're going to be persecuted and they fled? Remember that? But here, but here, he didn't flee. He got up, bless God. He, I think he was just stoned. They drug him out of the city, left him for dead. The disciples gathered around him, no doubt prayed. He was risen from the dead. He gets up and he goes right back into the city. I like that, don't you? And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. I like that. He went right back into the city. Glory to God. That excites me. He was being led by the Spirit of God. Remember, let, be led by the Spirit of God. What battles you're supposed to, to fight, what, you know, what battles you're not. Can you say amen? amen? I like that. He dusted himself up often. It didn't say he dusted himself off, but you know what I mean by that. Let's don't give up and quit. The devil takes his best blow. I think this is one of the best blows the devil could have ever got in on Paul. And he killed him, essentially. And he, and, he, and he rose right back up and got up and went right back into the city and went right, right on preaching the gospel. Glory to God. Now, if you go to Acts 15, now we could go on and on. If you go to Acts 15, 12, it says, In all the multitude, this is just another verse here. About the healing power of God, then all this was at the actually this was at the Jerusalem Council when they were discussing circumcision for salvation. And all the multitude kept silent and listening to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. See, God was was moving with with uh, the healing power of God, wasn't He? Praise God. Well, let's. Uh, I think this is a, a good place to unhook. I could go on, but uh, I've got just enough here. If we stop here, I've got just enough here to finish up with a good message next week. So uh, next week, we're going to talk about Paul casting the demon out of the fortune teller. And we're going to look at the, unusuals done, the unusual miracles done by the hands of Paul. We're going to watch a guy fall asleep in a church service. 
fell down dead and Paul raised him from the dead. That's going to be exciting. And then we're going to see Paul shake a snake off. And then we'll be done with this series. What do you say? Did you get anything out of this today? All right. Well, stand with me if you would. Praise God. If you're out there watching on social media and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to just tell you that the Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So repent of your sins, call on the name of the Lord Jesus, and you'll get saved. You'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you. Bye-bye.